Welcome back to Fitness or Fiction. Today, we're discussing, do all of your workouts need to crush you? And I think I speak for everyone in this room, that if they don't, you're a loser. <laughs> we should start every episode out like this. If you don't, they're, you're just a loser. Right? That, that's what people want to listen to. And just, cue the intro. Yes. Welcome back to Fitness or Fiction, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the hype of the health and fitness industry. Every week, we dig into a new topic and help you wade through the real information to make solid decisions on your fitness journey. Start yelling at the people listening, Eric. Just tell them all the reasons they're no good. <laughs> all right. So, does every workout need to crush you? I'm going to go with a hard no. Hard. There's... That's the end. Thanks for watching. Yeah, thanks for coming out. There's two parts to this thing, actually. There's there's two big parts to it because. So I'm gonna I speak in anecdotes. Sometimes I tell stories. So I had a client that he's had a lot of knee surgeries. Um, his knee is bollocked. I think is fair to say. Hmm. Like he's had a lot of challenges with it. Still has hardware in it. Has issues with all the things you can have issues with in the knee. Basically, we've made a lot of progress with function which is great, but he's identified, well, I, I want to go compete in CrossFit. And I'm like, so you're going to need to be okay with pain then because your knee will not let you squat all the way down without pain. So we can make it as stable as we want, but it's structurally challenged. So is that the right goal? And for a while he said yes, and now he's like, you know what? I'm actually sick of the pain. I don't want to do that. And I'm like, thank you, please. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a conversation with him about you can do your best on every workout and it doesn't have to be, well, I squatted a PR today. It can be, I executed that drill until I was fatigued. On the other hand, you have somebody where I'm programming a deload. I'm like, okay, you are deloading. You've been working really hard. You've been doing great at this concurrent program. Everything's going well, but you're starting to get a little bit of like your shoulders are aching, your knees are aching, generalized inflammation. Hmm. So I say, we're going to do a deload. You're going to go into a different protocol. What's going to be more isolation based and just let your tissues recover a bit. And he's sending me, well, that workout wasn't very long and I'm not, I don't feel crushed from it. And I'm like, okay, so there's two sides of this coin. And I would, I would push this forward. I think that you should do your best in every workout, but the goal shouldn't always be, I'm a puddle at the end. Yeah. Like, do those, those two sides make sense to you? A hundred percent. It also depends on, you know, like you said, what, uh, what kind of protocol or what phase you're in. Like, obviously there's some phases where you do want to crush yourself, but even then I don't crush myself all the time. It's very variable based off of how you have to be intuitive with how you feel from day to day, from week to week. And I think your best changes from day to day and week to week, but absolutely it's a, it's a hard focus to actually slow people down and have them buy into the value of slowing down. So current phase is fair. I think that's good. Uh, the other thing would be, what are your goals? Do you think that's a fair conversation to have? Yeah. So like how would, how would intensity change on a goal of I want to get stronger versus a goal of I want to get more muscle? How would you speak to that topic? Well, I want to get stronger is like you're not... You're not like pushing yourself. You're not PRing every day. Every day is not a PR. You're just going to have neurological burnout. You're going to burn yourself into the ground and you'll probably actually start to go down over time rather than actually go up versus. This is good. I like this. Let's stop there for a second. Neurological burnout. Can you talk about what that might be? Because not everybody knows what that feels like. 
I don't know how to explain that. So like, have you seen people that come into the gym and they just push heavy weight every single day? Yeah, absolutely. Are these the people that you see really make huge progress? I would say I at least see them maintain-ish. Which is I, probably not has, the most positive statement. That has been my experience too. The maintain-ish. The people that have strength goals that roll in, blow their brains out every day, maintain-ish. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that, that has been what I've seen. Um, with strength training, intensity is very important. Because if you overuse intensity, you can never be recovered enough to do 100% of what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. So that's why periodizing and, and changing throughout the week how much you're doing and what intensity you're using and how much volume you're using throughout the week for powerlifting, Olympic lifting, all of these sort of things. It's very important because it's neurologically driven. Mm-hmm. So for that specific goal, should you crush yourself every day? No. Absolutely not. I've, I've very rarely seen anybody that does really well in those events that crushes themselves every day. Yeah. So let's go into the muscle gain role. Um, somebody that's trying to gain muscle, can they get away with pushing harder more often? Yeah, but I wouldn't say that it's sustainable for months and months on end. So I would, I'd absolutely agree with that. It's more, it's more tolerable for them. And so why would we say it's more tolerable? Why do you think that might be? Because like this is something that I think people need to understand because it's multifactorial. What do you mean more tolerable? Well, like if I totally crush one muscle group, I can do another muscle group the other day. Mm-hmm. I don't need to come back and do that same thing where a squat bench dead, your options are pretty limited. It's going to be upper body or lower body, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't crush yourself as much every day. And if you do, you're likely not going to be able to perform the next day. Mm-hmm. So when we're doing a, a bodybuilding or muscle gaining sort of strategy. Yeah. If you're focused on more isolation, you're able to target certain muscle groups and work around them while totally. one's recovering. You can smash the next one and then smash the next one and have a little system going. In my experience though, even then, like most people aren't training frequently enough to even really require that much of a like isolated split. Totally. You don't need to have a huge split for most people. How much does the average person train that you kind of run into? Ooh. Like just even working out on their own, the average person you talk to. Two to four tops. Yeah. I'd say probably the average is somewhere around two and a half times a week. Yeah. So for those people, if they're doing too much of a muscle split, it's not going to be very effective. Mm. So I think that's fair. But in a lot of bodybuilding stuff, you can totally crush a muscle without crushing the whole system. Yeah, and in my experience with CrossFit, none of them I'm a CrossFit athlete or anything, but they they don't I haven't seen CrossFitters hit that much isolation work. They're not hitting that many splits. They're more training energy like it's training energy systems and uh, a lot of compound complex movements. Yeah, well and, and you know, constantly varied functional training is what they're all about. So you'll see them really focus on the energy system, but done well. Because there are good and bad coaches in every realm. 100%. Especially the CrossFitters that are doing it really well. They're cycling and using intensity in a really intelligent manner. Mm-hmm. So I think when we start talking about muscle gain, there's more of a necessity to go to failure if you want muscle gain. Because mechanical tension is going to be one of the primary drivers of, of <clears throat> changes in muscle mass. Mm-hmm. So there's more requirement 
to go to failure, but failure doesn't mean you're crushed at the end of the workout all the time. Like you roll out and you can be like, yeah, this muscle is really sore, but it doesn't mean you feel like you need a nap. Yeah. Yeah. There's a big difference there between like having your chest completely fried and walking out and just feeling like your chest is fried versus like feeling like you got nothing left for the day. Totally. And I've seen, I've seen people that have become dysfunctional that way. Whereas for a workout to happen, they have to be super sweaty and they have to be totally crushed after. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's a requirement every day. And I think I'm pretty, pretty careful, pretty clean in saying such a thing. Sweaty is the funny one too, because like, what's actually the purpose of sweat? Temperature regulation. Anything else? Mainly temperature regulation. So it's just a byproduct of your body heating up. And so like, it's not necessarily a, uh, a factor of like a, a hard ass kicking workout. Cause you could go into the sauna and just sit down for 20 minutes and sweat. Yeah, I don't think it's the highest metric that you could define. I don't think it's the highest value metric out there. I don't think muscle soreness is either, though. And a lot of people identify with muscle soreness. I didn't get a good workout until I was sore. I think it's important to get sore personally. I actually had this conversation with a client this morning where I told him, you know, pretty much every time I switch gears and start a new program, I'm going to start to feel that program for a week, two weeks, maybe three weeks if it's really nasty. But on week four, maybe week five or six, depending on how long the program is, the body will start to adapt and get less and less sore. But then you shift gears into the next program, and then all of a sudden, or you shift movements or stimulus, like... Uh, Progress the movement. I haven't done side lunges in a really long time, and it just lit up the inside of my hamstrings like real bad. I'm like, ugh, just because I haven't done them for a while. So like when we've talked to people in the gym, they're like, I'm like, oh man, I'm so sore. They're like, I don't get sore anymore. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. Well, see, and this is part and parcel. It's like, well, I'm, I wasn't sore. It wasn't a good workout. It's like, well, the goal of that workout was to drive plasma to the tissue. So you should have had huge, huge pumps during the workout, but you shouldn't be that sore because our main stimulus isn't mechanical damage. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, but that really at the end of the day falls on me because I need to educate the client as to, you know what, here's what you should feel. Can you be sore? Yeah, on this protocol you can, but if we're doing a particular protocol to drive more carbs to the muscle, should we be super sore all the time? Well, not really. There's a hard balance between that education too, because like educating clients, they have to trust you and there has to be a proven track record. But you know, like if you're like, oh man, I'm going to get your pecs really big and this is why we're going to do mechanical damage and then we're going to do like a, like a pumping, like a pumping phase, AMPK, like AMPK neurology. Yeah. And then you got some guy on Instagram who's got bigger pecs than you, who's more shredded than you is like, Oh, you just need to do like 50 pushups a day. There's a guy on Instagram right now. who just shouts into the uh, camera and calls everybody Kings like Kings. You want like big pecs like this? Well, you just got to do like, and then he does like wide pushups and close pushups and like standard push-ups and he's like just do all these things and you'll get like these big pecs and he's bouncing his pecs around like people will buy into like well look at him he looks so good he must exactly know what he's doing well, so i'm going to do what he says we've talked about this before just because somebody looks a certain way they could be genetically more inclined to muscle gain it doesn't mean that they're doing everything right i've had a six-pack since i was six or seven years old and i've never lost it doesn't mean that i know anything about exercise Mm -hmm. That's why I don't really post it that often. I only but see like, you do sit-ups like once. <laughs> yeah. But the other thing is like the pec does this. So the push-up isn't the best choice unless mm -hmm. you have no equipment. Yeah. So is it a choice? Sure. Is it the best choice? Far from it. Yeah. You know, and so it's, it's one of these things where there is this balance where in the right phase, should I experience some delayed onset muscle soreness? Yes. 
Should I be expecting to be crushed every time from my workout and barely be able to move the next day? No. And if you're consistently there, you're likely overworking because you should see as you get through a phase, you get better at what you're doing. That's the whole idea. Yeah. And it's also speaking on a very micro level. Some people get too hyped up and focused on having a good workout that they don't think about completing a program completely good. I've done great workouts and then I won't finish a program and then I'll just start intuitively training and playing and randomly doing stuff. And I know if I would have stuck to the program, chances are I would have gotten better, more consistent results at least, or more targeted results. I've gotten lots of results from just playing, but I definitely have some targeted goals that I want that I'm not actually hitting because I'm not fully disciplined or dedicated towards executing the program. So yeah, well, and this is the issue of having like a, an achievement goal versus a process goal, mm-hmm. right? Like a, a product or a process goal is, is going to be one of these things where a lot of people say, well, I want to be this percentage or I want to be this big or I want to be able to lift this or whatever, but they don't identify the processes along the way that need to happen. And one of the things I love when people talk about, they're like, you know what? I made every single workout this month. I'm super happy about that. Yeah. It's like, man, uh, talk about a foundational thing. You've been consistent that's what I think the linchpin is in this whole thing. And that's what I'm saying. Like the difference between just executing one good workout and feeling like you crushed yourself on one workout or feeling like you crushed your program. And that's like writing the last numbers on the last exercise of the last day and looking at it and be like, damn, I accomplished this whole thing. And let's do like a little summary in my brain on how it felt. You know, it felt pretty damn good. And I progressed through the whole thing. Everything got a little bit better, whether I moved better or I got stronger or whatever the case may be. But like, that's more of like the, the mezzo, right? Before you get into the macro being like, how was your year? Like rather than just being focused on crushing yourself and having a good workout, like a lot of people struggle that in new year's, right? They'll going to the gym, crush myself for the first two weeks and then give up for three months and then try to dabble back in. Oh, I just back to the gym again. Like focusing too much on that micro of just like trying to get a good workout today. Often I tell people like, I don't know, I can't speak for you, but speaking for myself, if I work out five times in a week, I only really feel like a rock star on maybe one or two of said workouts. And that's like, body's just flowing with me and I just feel good and I want to push harder. Sometimes I don't want to push harder, but I just do out of like mental discipline and like tenure of like knowing what the process is. And then there's those days where I feel rough and uh, I just have to take it back a peg naturally. Because if I cripple myself even more on those days, you might just beat yourself up and then the workout is more detrimental because if you went into the workout wanting to crush yourself and the body's not cooperating because of sleep, stress, hydration, whatever, and then you finish the workout but you didn't feel like you pushed and you feel like shit after, then it's a, it's a compounding negative effect, I would say. And then you go into your next workout being like, oh, I did a shitty workout last time, so I've got to try to push harder this time. Like People will fall into these weird traps. Yeah, I think, you know, as we go through them, it's body comp, like losing weight, gaining muscle versus cardiovascular goals versus strength goals. They're all a little bit different, but the one thing that overlaps all of them for me is the idea that we need to use the ten- intensity sparingly and appropriately. So it's like, yeah, there are, you should, in a body comp program, you should be having a hard time completing the sets. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it's because of your lungs. That could be just the muscle doesn't want to do it anymore. And if you can identify what you're looking for as far as the reason you have to stop, that's even better. But regardless of all of these goals, it's like, well, 
Should I come into the gym every day and crush as hard as I can? No, no. Every day you should come in to do your best for sure. But every day should you try to leave the facility where you're having a hard time functioning? That's probably not that good either. Mm -hmm. So the best thing that I would say to that is, okay, first know your goal. Secondly, know your phase. So what phase am I in right now? Well, I'm in a phase right now that I shouldn't be um, completely dead. I'm, I'm in a phase right now that's all about a little bit lighter load and driving more plasma to the tissues because I just got back from a long layoff. So it's like, yeah, let's get those muscles working again, get a lot of fuel to them before we get into our next phase. So I know what my goal is. I know what the phase I'm in is, and I'm going to try to do my best to do the identified outcome. Mm-hmm. And I think if we can just settle down and identify the outcomes we're looking for and the process that we're using to get there or the stimulus we're using, I think that a lot of the challenges with that kind of drop away, but it is dysfunctional. If you don't ever feel like you can back off that, that is starting to create exercise dysfunction and we got to watch for that. Mm-hmm. Do you have any final things to say on the matter, sir? I don't think so. No, I think, I think that was it. You got to stop letting me summarize. You just get me rambling over here. But you summarize it so, so efficiently and correctly. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Uh, if you're still here, thanks for being here. Uh, thanks for watching or listening. Uh, please throw us a like or subscribe or throw on your alerts for when a new episode comes out. But really appreciate you listening and we look forward to chatting with you again. Yeah, the biggest thing you can do if you enjoyed it was share it with a friend. Boom. Boom. We'll catch you guys later. Thanks for joining us this week. We appreciate your support. If you enjoy this episode, we'd love it if you would subscribe, follow, and throw us a like on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts.